Spartan Pride Podcast, Fans First Sports Network, Jonathan Shop. What a big week in the Big Ten. So big that we got to do an extra show. I knew it would be a big week. At the start of the week, you were thinking, this is going to be one for the books. You've got Michigan likely to get handed down punishment as soon as Monday. And as of this time, still nothing has happened. We're going to talk about that. Then you've got the loss of a legend that we knew was coming. They're all coming, but it wasn't a surprise that Bob Knight passes away. An all-time Big Ten legend. Just an all-time legend. We're going to talk about him quite a bit. His birthday was just a couple days back. He was on everybody's mind who saw that and then saw the word that the general has passed away. You knew it was going to be a big week in the Big Ten. You also see Michigan State schedule coming out, I guess, I, I I would say preliminary until otherwise, but we think the 2024 schedule is out, which begins Labor Day weekend with Florida Atlantic and ends Thanksgiving weekend with Rutgers. So we got a couple different things to discuss today on this edition of the Spartan Pride podcast as we go around the Big Ten in a very, very big week. An apology will not get the job done. Those are words Jim Harbaugh used after the fight, the attack in the Michigan Tunnel last year that was completely, completely wrong. Arguably criminal, although I think that would have been a stretch if it was tried. But the point is, an apology will not cut it this time for Jim Harbaugh. The same goes for what is going on right now with the Michigan cheat again, the me cheat again scandal, if you want. If you like that tag, me cheat again, or spelling Michigan with asterisks, kind of like the Houston Astros. Well, however you do it, the Big Ten is sleeping right now, and they need to wake up fast. We've seen pressure mounting from inside the Big Ten, as it should. Athletic directors, presidents, football coaches looking for the Big Ten to get off their tail and do something. This is an unprecedented time, unprecedented actively going and actively impacting the competition scandal that has to be corrected or corrected immediately without any question. Why is this different? I saw Joe Klatt post yesterday. Well, it's different because it's affecting games in real time. That's why it's different. Let's just pick an example that I love because I don't like Notre Dame. To me, that's the bigger rival, but that's another story. Notre Dame vacated wins from 2012 and 2013, including trip to the BCS championship game. This after they were accused and their appeal was denied relative to academic misconduct. Vacate. What a word. Vacate is the word, vengeance has no place so near to her. A very famous Pearl Jam lyric from way back, once thought to be written about the death of Kurt Cobain. Later, it may be understood that that song existed and then it was modified after the death of Cobain. Vacate is the word. Well, not this time. Not this time. Apology won't be enough. A vacate won't be enough. You understand a vacate is different from a forfeit? 
which simply, you know, just reverses the outcome. When a game is forfeited, the team that won takes the L, and the teams that took the L take the W. It's a huge difference between vacated and forfeited. In this case, you're talking about a scandal. You're talking about cheating that affected the on-field game. Not something off the field like academics. So a vacate is not going to be enough here. What we're looking for the Big Ten to do, and when I talk about we, I talk about anybody who's interested in the Big Ten. Let's just break it down here. I could give a rat, a cow, a chicken, a lizard, a chicken, a pig, if you want to quote Seinfeld. I don't care what team did this. The punishment should be the same regardless. As soon as the Big Ten has clear and convincing evidence that Michigan cheated, what they need to do is simply forfeit every single game affected by the cheating. Well, that's just, you know, this is Spartan Pride podcast. You're just saying that because of Michigan State. No. What are you, what, what are you kidding me? Do they play Michigan State 15 times a year, 13 times a year? Hell no. Michigan plays a lot of games. Let's just say 13. Okay, let's just take 13. You're talking about over a thousand competitors that are impacted by this cheating schedule. So Michigan's cheating. A thousand different student athletes are impacted by this. Vacate is not going to cut it. An apology is not going to cut it. These games need to be forfeited. Now, well, the investigation is still ongoing. What about due process? There's no due process here. Criminal issues are totally separate from what's going on on the field. The Big Ten commissioner has the power and authority to move. He needs to move quickly. Big Ten presidents have power and authority to move. They need to move immediately, as in before these games kick Saturday. If you want to keep it to what's going on this year, just go ahead and forfeit all the games that Michigan has played so far and give the rebuttable presumption that they are not going to be cheating anymore. Now, what about that last Michigan State game? Well, the problem there is it looks like they're on tape cheating for that game against that opponent. So if they had Scallions, Stallions on the sideline, uh, uh, a game against Iowa, it would apply the same. Or if they had one on a game against Ohio State, I don't know if that exists, but if that was the case too, boom. That's a starting point. The way this is going to end, I, I told you before, I'm now more convinced of it. 2021, 2022, 2023 games are going to be forfeited, not vacated. An apology is not going to be enough. A vacate is not going to be enough here. Michigan should be banned from postseason play for as long as this cheating went on. That appears to be three seasons. A three-season postseason ban would seem to be rather just. It wouldn't be overpunishing. It wouldn't be underpunishing. But the point of the matter is, Tony Petiti needs to get off his Petiti and get working now. If he does not, let's see what the Big Ten coaches do. Is there some kind of formal protest? Do they not play the games that are slated for Saturday? I wouldn't put anything past anybody. But as soon as there is clear and convincing evidence, not evidence beyond a reasonable doubt, it's not a criminal trial, and surely not more likely than not. That's way too soft a standard. As soon as Tony Petiti and the powers that be in the Big Ten have clear and convincing evidence that cheating has gone on during these 2023 games, the first step is to forfeit 
all of those games impacted. And that needs to be done immediately. That's how serious this is. The rest of the investigation can play itself out. I think you know where this is going. I think the same. They're going to forfeit all these games where they've been any cheating that's been taking place. This is basically a strict liability issue. It doesn't matter what Harbaugh knew or this coordinator, that coordinator knew. It doesn't matter. Nobody cares at this time, and they shouldn't. This is, did the cheating happen? Yes. Did it happen from a Michigan, a Michigan program coach, analyst, et cetera? Yes. That's on the sideline? Yes. That's it. Intent, who knew what, who should have known what? None of that matters at this point. You got a competitive issue on the field that's affecting the competitive integrity of Big Ten football today, the entire season, about 1,100 plus kids that are going to be played in the Big Ten and out of the Big Ten. If Tony Petiti and the powers that be can't get this done in the Big Ten this week, the Big Ten ought to find a new commissioner Monday. That's how serious this is. That's how big a deal this is. Spartan Pride Podcast, what a big week in the Big Ten. Next, we're going to talk about Bob Knight, my history experience with Knight, and my little, well, I don't know what you'd call it, interaction with him at Madison Square Garden on the night Mike Krzyzewski broke his record with a win over Michigan State. Spartan Pride Podcast, Fans First Sports Network, Jonathan Shop with you, young folks. Young folks, young folks, what do you know about Bob Knight? Well, you probably know some YouTube clips, some TV highlights. If you're awesome, you've seen the tremendous golf outtake video of Bob Knight. You got to check that one out and make sure there's no kids around. If you haven't seen that one before. Let me paint the picture for you, though, because you probably don't know the picture relative to Michigan State basketball. When Tom Izzo became a head coach at Michigan State, there were two guys that ruled the world in the Big Ten, and they were both in the state of Indiana. Gene Cady won a lot of games, but he did not ever really get the best of Bob Knight. Bob Knight was a legend. Bob Knight was the most famous coach in college basketball, the biggest figure in the sport. And Bob Knight would be passing the torch in the Big Ten without realizing it, without wanting to, he would be passing the torch pretty quickly to Tom Izzo. Let me take you back to two amazing games that happened in the first two months of 2000. That's right. The year Michigan State won the national title. The first one, January 11th, 2000, is a game that you will see on Big Ten Network, ESPN Classic, if, if it still exists, on a regular basis for a really good reason. It was unbelievable. The 100th win for Tom Izzo as head coach is one he will never, ever forget. Never. What a game it was. Dane Fife, A.J. Guyton, Kyle Hornsby. Those are some of the names playing for Coach Knight. Cleves, Bell, Hudson, Peterson, Granger, Ishpia, Chappelle, Richardson, Anagagne, Ballinger, some of those names y'all remember. What a battle. Overtime, of course. Overtime, of course, 
You'll see it on the highlights. I remember we actually had literally seats in the dead center of the court. Morris Peterson, three-pointer, forces overtime. Overtime, Peterson scores four more. At that time, 11th-ranked Michigan State beats Indiana 77-71. They take over first place in the Big Ten. Tom win, Tom wins uh, 100. 100 for Tom Izzo. Bob Knight, after the game, famously in a conversation that I think has remained private, spoke to Izzo about a couple of important things that he thought Michigan State could do to actually make a title run. Of course, they would make that title run and cut those nets down after beating Florida in the national title game. What a game. This was also Mateen Cleve's first start since returning from the stress fracture foot injury that kept him out for the first 10 weeks. This one is a classic. There's a reason you see it played over and over. It was unreal. The atmosphere in Breslin Center for that game, as good as it gets. The noise, explosion when Peterson made the three to send it to overtime, unreal. And that's the momentum, I think, that carried Michigan State through the overtime session. They end up winning by six. February 26th, Michigan State goes to Indiana, loses 81-79 in overtime. A.J. Guyton, 34 points. But he ends up missing one. It's short. Lynn Washington catches it, puts it in the basket. Indiana gets the W, 81-79 over Michigan State. At that time, Spartans were up to fifth in the country. These would be the two classics between Izzo and Knight in the era. It wouldn't be long before Bob Knight was fired from Indiana and out the door. But it would not be the last that we would see of Bob Knight and Tom Izzo in a history-making game. We're going to get to that story next. But we're going to paint the picture just a little more for you when it comes to Bob Knight. Knight had a different philosophy coaching basketball. A lot of folks felt like it was a footballish philosophy. And for those of you that know, it is a serious tie-in with Bill Parcells and, of course, with Mike Krzyzewski. Mickey Corcoran was a mentor to Bill Parcells. And that's really where this lineage starts. This coaching tree arguably starts with Vince Lombardi, who was a teacher and coach for Mickey Corcoran in high school. But Corcoran gets coaching Parcells, and over the years, Parcells, of course, is an assistant for Bob Knight at Army, introduces him to some of the ideas of Mickey Corcoran, and then you have an absolute coaching philosophy that is still too widely understood today. Too widely understood. It shaped the thinking of Parcells. It shaped the thinking of Bob Knight. What to do with the ball. Wanting to take more foul shots than the other team. You know, your team taking more foul shots than the other team has fouls. Motion offense. Doing what you can, basically, how do we avoid losing? How do we put our players in the best position to win? And how do we avoid losing? 
That's the influence. And it comes from Cochrane, who got it from Lombardi. It goes through Parcells, through Knight, absolutely to Mike Krzyzewski. So next, I'm going to tell you the story of Mike Krzyzewski's record-breaking win. All-time record. He broke Bob Knight's record at Madison Square Garden, part of the Champions Classic against Michigan State. I was right there covering it on the baseline and in the post-game media center as well. That story's coming next on the Spartan Pride Podcast. November 15, 2011 seems like a long time ago. I remember arriving to New York, getting checked in and getting ready to head to the garden. It was already dark, already dark at you know, like four o'clock in the afternoon between the clouds of the fall and the far, far east setting of New York City and the buildings. Off I went to the garden, into the garden first. There's a picture I have of the garden absolutely empty from dead center court up in the media section back then when I was working for Spartan Nation. Getting ready to settle in for the Champions Classic, which was, of course, be Duke at Michigan State and then Kentucky and Kansas. What a cool trip that was. Champions Classic, everybody knows it by now, but let me paint the picture for you what it was like then. It was a lot of blue. <laughs> Kansas, Duke, and Kentucky, primary colors are blue. Michigan State, green and white. Kentucky is a different animal, folks. If you haven't been around Kentucky basketball, it's different. Just to put it to you this way, there were more Kentucky fans there than there were Michigan State, Kansas, and Duke fans combined. It was easy to see, even though it was Mike Shashevsky's record breaker. Yes. Even though a bunch of Shashevsky's Olympians like Carmel Anthony were standing next to me, actually in a, in a green jumpsuit. Yes. As I got ready for that one, I had to make myself familiar with the most famous sports arena in the world, which is halfway through a renovation at that time. Now it's completely renovated and probably getting ready to tee up the next one. But this was a major renovation. So part of the building was really brand new. Part of it was not. Um, getting set of the scene, where it go, people start filing in. I'm coming out of the media area, which is, it's got the famous, if you ever see the end of like a Rolling Stone concert movie or any movie there, you see people walk off the stage and they get in the car and go down a hill to get out of the building. It's, it's right around the corner from there. Walking out of there, I noticed some of the, the famous, uh, not roped off, but sectioned off area back there with with blue curtains. Well, well that was the Shushevsky Celebration Center, which he would, of course, visit after the game. But walking on the way out there, I saw a guy in a green sweater with white hair. I pretty quickly realized was Bob Knight himself. At this time, he's kind of standing there on his own. Turn, starts walking towards me, probably 100, 100 yards or so away. I'm thinking to myself, I've just become so familiar with the unbelievably funny and educational golf instruction video that Knight made. Knight famously saying that Jack Nicholas came up to him on a driving range once and said, you know, you have the perfect mentality for this game, meaning golf. I thought to myself, man, I ought to ask Knight how his golf game is, but, you know, you don't want to say the wrong thing. You don't want to say, hey, Knight, or anything like that. That's not going to work. Just simply call him coach or, hey, coach, how's your golf game? Something like that. That's what I was thinking as I'm walking, carrying camera equipment, whatnot, getting ready to find my spot on the baseline. 
as I get about 50 feet or so from him, and I got really good eyesight, still got good eyesight, but back then really good. It's not that I noticed Bob Knight with his traditional Knight look. It's that you could feel a giant force field of really clear intent. Do not say anything or ask me to do anything here unless I know who you are, because I got an issue here. Now, what we learned later was that Knight had a huge issue with the fact that Shashevsky was breaking his record and somehow wasn't getting credit. And you can read all about that. It's a pretty ugly and sad story. I think The Athletic or Sports Illustrated, somebody detailed it from, from Shashevsky's era and all the guys around him that played at Army. It's not good. Knight was not a perfect man or a really good man in many ways. This was a bad, bad look. But fortunately, I was able to garner from walking by him why I should not have any time to think, oh, I ought to go ahead and ask. <laughs> I ought to go ahead and ask uh, ask uh, Coach Knight how his golf game is after seeing that video on YouTube because it started to get popular somewhere around 2010 or so. No way. Wasn't going to do it. Now, Knight calls the game. It's not a close game. After the game, he seems kind and congratulatory to Krzyzewski. But what we did not know was all the disgusting bitterness that was, was really behind it. It was too bad. What too many people missed about Knight, tying it in with Mickey Cochran influence, down to Shashevsky was something that Coach K said in the post game. Now, I got into that thing really quickly. I was front and center in a media room packed with absolutely a who's who in the sports world and the basketball world. I love asking questions. I didn't ask a question that day. I had a deference to the field. It was probably a mistake. I had a really good question. And it came up after Coach K laid out something that people continue to seem to miss this. To this day, they continue to miss it. It's in my article for Spartan Nation. It's something that will never be forgotten, and it should not. And I hope to talk to Coach K about it someday. Reflecting on 903 wins, Coach K got emotional for a second and stopped. And he explained that he wasn't as interested in winning as he was interested, essentially paraphrasing, in how not to lose. That's the part that sticks with me. It needs to stick with anybody who wants to win at a high level like Knight and like Krzyzewski did. It's almost like they took an NFL, a football approach to their sport because they did. Because Mickey Corcoran learned from Vince Lombardi. And Mickey Corcoran was massively influential on Parcells and Knight, and therefore absolutely Shashevsky. So if you take nothing else from this podcast, take the power and the influence of Bob Knight, Mickey Corcoran, and how it's spread so successfully across college basketball as we get ready for the season at Michigan State and around the Big Ten. Take a look at who is thinking that way, because there are very few. It's not necessarily protecting the downside. It's how do we, what do we need to do not to lose? 
Now, in the NFL, Parcells will tell you to this game, more games in the NFL are lost than won. That is true. That is not college basketball. You don't have equal talent. It's not even close a lot of the time. But the legacy of Knight and the wins, and yeah, Krzyzewski won all those games on his own, but you're damn right. He gets a ton of credit for influencing Krzyzewski. And something that's so remarkably missed is that Krzyzewski's focus is the same as Knight's focus. What do we need to do to avoid losing? How do we not lose? That's what drove those guys to win so many games. And in many ways, I'm sure that's what's driven Tom Izzo to win far more of his games um, than the rest. But he you know, got that influence tangentially. He wasn't groomed, taught, mentored by Knight like Krzyzewski was. So his big uh, personality and mixed uh, legacy that Bob Knight has, his ability to identify what needs to be focused on to win at the college basketball level produced 902 wins for him and far more than 903 wins for Mike Krzyzewski. And that's something you probably ought to think about as you get ready to tip this basketball season. What a week in the Big Ten. As of right now, Big Ten has not come down and done anything yet to protect the competitive integrity of their football season. They need to do that between now and the next time we speak. I think we've covered that in earnest. We've also covered Bob Knight and given you a different side, a little bit of Spartan history and a little bit of behind the scenes of what made Knight such a successful and influential coach at the college level. The next time we get together, assuming nothing massive happens, we are going to be previewing Michigan State and Nebraska. That's coming next time on the Spartan Pride Podcast, part of the Fans First Sports Network.